This podcast exists for entertainment purposes only. Before making any investment decisions, please contact your financial advisor. Welcome back to Man vs. Market, the podcast where we analyze everything stock market and macroeconomics related in order to create the best strategies to help us beat the market. Let's not waste much time and get right into it. First, taking a look at the labor market. Now, the labor market slows down just a bit after the crazy strength that was shown in July. The economy still added 315,000 jobs in the month of August, but generated about 200,000 less jobs in August than in July. The unemployment rate also increased to 3.7% from 3.5% in July. At first glance, it may seem like Powell is succeeding in this plan to bring economic pain, so to speak, through a weakening labor market. But this increase in the unemployment rate looks to be more from an increased size in the labor force rather than an increase in the percentage of those in the existing labor force who were put out of work. It looks like inflation and higher costs of living are bringing people back into the labor force who otherwise would have remained retired or just on the sidelines. But the market initially responded well to this figure as we pushed solidly on Friday before other bad news pulled us back. The oil market continues to remain volatile, and oil sells off 6% for the week as markets are beginning to fully price in the demand-related implications of a global recession. At the time of this recording, oil sits at 88.50 per barrel, down from almost 97 at this time last week. This level is actually a key Fibonacci level from the highs and presented a solid profit-taking point. So this recent sell-off does make sense, given what the stock market did as well. This sell-off actually has us sitting right around the next Fibonacci level, which is right around 88.60. And there looks to be some medium-ish bullish divergence on the daily chart as of now. And weirdly enough, crude oil works surprisingly well with important technical patterns and levels, and the last few times that there has been a bullish technical divergence, we shot up a whole Fibonacci level in a couple of days. Again, the fundamentals going into the end of the year remain very bullish, especially as we head into the winter months. We are already seeing countries in Europe begin to panic as there is more and more uncertainty on where energy sources are going to come from. Tens of thousands of protesters took to the street in the Czech Republic this last week to protest high energy prices and more specifically, the Russian sanctions that are putting upwards pressure on the oil markets. So definitely expect some bullish pressure in the oil market next week. Looking over at the yield curve, we see it has actually come in quite a bit and is no longer as negative as it was a few weeks back. And when I say the yield curve, I am referring to the 10-year yield minus the 2-year yield. Typically, the 10-year yield is higher than the 2-year yield because the further out in the future you go, the more economic uncertainty there tends to be. However, in times like this, when the 10-year yield is less than the 2-year yield, this is the markets implying that we are on the road for a global recession as it begins to believe that we are in for economic pain in the relatively midterm. At this point in time, the difference is only negative 20 basis points between these two yields, while back in early August, the difference was a negative 48 basis points. This means that the market is still implying a slightly less severe economic downturn, but still a downturn nonetheless. The yield curve has been negative or inverted since July 5th of this year. Usually, yield curve inversions of this length are followed by relatively substantial declines in economic activity. 
The dollar continues its rampage as it continues to crush the other major global currencies. The dollar moved a whopping 2% up from the lows a little more than a week ago. We finally broke a 20-year resistance level and closed at the highest level since 2002. The dollar is up almost 15% relative to other global currencies in 2022 alone. No other major currency has taken this as poorly as the Japanese yen. For the better part of the last decade, the yen has traded relatively calm in relation to the dollar. This was usually in the 112 to 103-ish yen per dollar range, but right now, the exchange rate is 140 yen per dollar, levels not seen since the late 1990s. This is something to keep an eye on for sure, but as far as the stock market is related, historical returns are rather poor poor when the dollar is strong, let alone at extreme levels such as this. Some short-term technical signals lead me to actually lean slightly bearish in the short term, but I am still holding on to my bullish dollar position and I don't plan on selling anytime soon. Right now, the euro to dollar ratio is 0.99 meaning that one euro is worth 99 cents. Current geopolitical tensions involving oil and increasingly irresponsible policy from the European Central Bank has me even more bullish on the dollar and bearish on the euro. I think the euro trades for less than 85 cents by the end of 2023. Let us now take some time to look at a market recap and analyze the chart a bit further. And again, just so that new listeners are aware, this is the part of the show in which I review the recent price action in the stock market, and more specifically, the last week for the S&P 500, and break down what different patterns, divergences, and levels mean for the markets going forwards. This usually involves how I expect buyers and sellers to react in the next week or so, based off of historical trends, potential market-moving catalysts, and a contrarian approach to the current sentiment. Looking at the indices, the S&P 500 finishes the week down 3.2%, the Dow Jones down 2.9%, and the Nasdaq finishes down 4.2%. And the S&P 500 finishes down 4.2% for the month of August. Energy led all sectors with a 2.2% gain for the month, while tech was by far the weakest with a decline of 6.3%. At one point mid-month, the S&P 500 was up 4.75% before we sold off. The stock market finishes red for the third time in four weeks, with the Nasdaq being the bloodiest of the group as it has fallen 11% in the last three weeks alone. Let's analyze the price action a bit for the week, and there is actually quite a lot of unusual price action that you don't see very often. First, we have to look at the close of last week to get a better insight of what we saw at the beginning of this week. The massive selling pressure that ended last Friday bled into the beginning of this week. If we take a look at the SPY 65 minute chart, we see that last Friday, we closed basically right at the 38.2% Fibonacci level from the swing lows in June to the swing highs in August. This level is sits at about 405.22, and it initially looks like the bulls may have gotten a little bit of a break with the close right at that level. And there were lots of big bets on a bounce really early last week. Well, we gapped down to start the week on Monday, and we made a strong push up back to that Fibonacci level at 405.22, and we rejected yet again, and we did so rather sharply. I continue to hear this narrative that technical analysis is not viable in this market because of all of the volatility and how news-driven everything seems to be. I think that is absolutely nonsense. The S&P 500 especially has respected technical levels, and especially Fibonacci levels, very well over the last couple of weeks. I've hit 
several very big plays just playing these levels by themselves. We then flirted with the 50% level at about 397 for most of the middle of the week, and that will be significant later on. Now, where things start to get really interesting is Thursday. We gapped down all the way to an old gap level, set all the way back on July 27th. Once we filled this gap, it should have, in theory, acted as a critical level, depending on where we went from there. And oddly enough, we soared right back up right after filling that gap, all the way back to that 397 level. So now, this gap should have, in theory, acted as support. Friday is where things started getting really weird. We had a massive gap up, and in the first hour, we sold off tremendously all the way back again to that 397 level. This 397 level is going to be the level to watch next week as I expect the bulls to try to make another attempt to get above it. But then the bad news came out and we sold off all the way back into the middle of the gap. So what does this mean going forwards? Well, a couple of things. First, on the 65 minute chart, this hidden bullish divergence is still active. Even after the sell-off on Friday, this is again when we're seeing higher lows in the price action and lower lows in an oscillator, which in this case is the RSI. It is also just as apparent on the daily chart, which means we are probably more likely to see this take place than not. Also, the sentiment in the market is overwhelmingly bearish, which can be good in the short term. We could definitely see some selling pressure because of the excess amount of bears and selling, but using the contrarian ideology that I tend to focus on, this has me very skeptical of going purely bearish. I want to play the upside. I want to play the opposite direction here in order to take advantage of this thesis. Now, I do believe there is going to be more downside. I'm not saying the downside has subsided, nor do I think the volatility is coming to a close. I am merely saying I think we're going to see more upside before we see that further downside. And I'm going to try to play both directions. On one of the past episodes, I said on this recent downtrend, I expected the low to be somewhere around 389 before seeing a nice little bounce. And that was pretty close. We did see a low of about 390 before we did see the bounce at the end of the day on Friday. So I am going to stick with that. And I think we are going to get a little bit of a bounce before making a new lower low. And I'm going to stick with this thesis. I think we're going to see a little bit of a bounce before we see some lower lows in the coming weeks or months. Thank you for listening to this episode of Man vs. Market. Again, another pretty short episode. Fall semester just started and I have been extremely busy with school getting back in session, as well as trading and my other responsibilities. But I am committed to this podcast and I am going to keep uploading episodes every week as long as people are listening. If you enjoyed this episode or want to hear more content like this, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, on that note, I will talk to you guys next week.